What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day in focus today. Obviously, Pitt losing badly to Duke at home, but that is not the story. We will talk a little bit more about the undertones of this entire Capel era and Coach K's relationship to it, the Coach K tree, and where things may have gone wrong from the very beginning for the Pitt Panthers. We'll also talk a little bit about Pitt spring ball right now, some of the early storylines coming out of that. It's all coming up here on this episode of Locked on Pit. You are Locked on Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, folks? Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. And as always, I am your host, Nick Fairbaugh. And today, lots to talk about. But as I always start off the show, thank you for making the Locked On Podcast your first listen every day, folks. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to like, subscribe, turn on the notification bell, leave a comment below. If you're listening to this, make sure to leave a review, give feedback. Again, cannot make this show as good as I try to make it without the feedback and input from you guys Back at home. Today's episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast is brought to you by Run Your Pool. March Madness is here, and Run Your Pool has a better way to create your bracket. RunYourPool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. Now, folks, Pitt losing by 30 at home to Duke. Nothing surprising. Duke shoots nearly 60% from the field, 50% from three-point range. Pitt has... An up-and-down game. John Hughley has a pretty good game, which is always a good sign. When you're going up against someone like Mark Williams and he gets completely neutralized, to be quite honest with you, and Hughley puts up 19 points and six rebounds, and Mo Gee gets three blocks down low, and really Duke kills you from beyond the arc. There's always good positive takeaways. Pitt's front court has always been one that is at least solid to very good. The two starters continue to to do that. The guards, Burton had a, had a nice bounce back game after a little bit of a rough stretch. Femio DeCali had a few nice dishes. Ithiel Orton is having a bit of a rough stretch, but to be noted, and you could just see Duke was a much better team here, more athletic, lots of lottery picks. Obviously, A.J. Griffin looked amazing. So did Trevor Keels. Paulo Vanchero lived up to the hype. Everything that you thought about Duke came true in this game, but I think there's a bigger storyline here, and it was suggested to me, actually, by Alan Saunders here in Indianapolis, as I have you know, thought about this pit game and, and kind of look at it. And, you know, I've said so much about this program, Jeff Capel, specific players. It's kind of hard to say anything more about Mogi, John Hughley, Jamari Spurton, Femio DeCali, Ethel Hort, Jeff Capel, his job security, whatever you want to talk about in that arena. You can't really talk about it more. But Coach K has – different specific tie-ins. Obviously, Coach Capel is part of that Coach Krzyzewski coaching tree. And I, I think there's an interesting storyline to talk about when everyone looked at the hire of Jeff Capel, how much of a home run it was from essentially all different angles. This was a guy that built up the VCU program, turned it into a head coaching job at Oklahoma Landed Blake Griffin at Oklahoma, obviously got a few really good seasons there with Blake Griffin there, and then really never was able to rebuild that team, retool it 
around other guys, and, and it kind of led to his firing from there. Obviously, the sanctions were there at Oklahoma. The probation he was put on, the scholarship losses that were implemented there, they were in deep trouble of because of the guy before him. So he did not have anything to do with those sanctions, but obviously it was not ideal for Jeff Cable. And so Jeff Cable didn't have the greatest end of that tenure. But also, when you look at guys that come from that tree, that, that type of coaching tree that is Coach K's coaching tree, it's a little bit more hit or miss. And, and obviously that was one of the big prospects. That was one of the big selling points of Jeff Capel coming to Pitt was he had been a coach at OU. He had been a power six coach. He had built a program in VCU. He was a great recruiter at Duke, obviously. And they had recruited great players there. Jason Tatum, for example, was just one of those guys. He landed at Duke and they obviously turned them into first round draft picks, lottery picks at that. Jeff Capel was the ace recruiter for Coach K. But it hasn't turned out to be perfect, right? And, and a lot of these coaches, when you look at the Coach Shefki branch, have not turned out to be. Now, there are a few really good coaches, obviously. Mike Bray at Notre Dame has turned out to be very good. Tommy Amaker at Harvard has turned out to be a really solid coach. But there's a lot of guys there that – you look at it and they aren't as great. A guy like Bob Bender, who's now in the NBA. Steve Wojciechowski turned out to have a little bit of a rocky start. Now there's other guys, Quinn Snyder, obviously, the Jazz head coach is another guy. But Pitt has two of the guys right on their own staff in Capel and Simo Tool. Don't forget, Simo Tool is also a disciple of Coach K. Chris Collins is a disciple of Coach K. There's been a spotty history when you look at the hires that come off the Coach K's tree. And so I, I think when we evaluated and the hire at the time, it was one thing to, to talk about how Capel learned under Coach K. He was going to have this great recruiting promise. And, and to be quite frank, he has had decent recruiting success at Pitt relative to a lot of the coaches that are here. I mean, the talent has never been the issue, and I've said that before on here. They were very close to breaking through the glass ceiling last year, and obviously circumstances that really he can't control occurred. And so there are things when you look at Jeff Capel's tenure that are a big what if. But also there's obviously signs about his management with relationships, his ability to retain players, his overall ability to, to – command the locker room. There are real questions about that dating back to his days at Oklahoma. And so there are real questions, but it goes to show you just being a coach under a legendary coach, for example, like Coach K, one of the best to ever do it in the college game. It's not going to guarantee you success. And, and this is something that we see repeatedly just because you coach under Nick Saban or you coach under Bill Belichick doesn't mean you're going to be a great coach. You could be, but it's no guarantee. And a lot of the trees that come out of these great head coaches aren't as fruitful as people think they are. And just because you're a coach K assistant doesn't mean you're necessarily going to be a great head coach. And I think we're seeing that with the, to a degree with Jeff Capel. And again, Capel has many of his strengths. Never been a great X's and O's coach, but 
I don't think he's been so bad to where it's been detrimental. I think some of his recruiting strategies have been a little bit off when you look at the needs of his team. The, the mismanagement of trying to get a point guard was, was is something that you look at and you shake your head at. And again, the, the chemistry issues, the relationship issues that he's had here is, is also something to note because it's not just a pit, it goes back. But there is a, a certain point to make about how you coach with a guy like Coach K, then you might not be a guaranteed success. And and I don't know if that's going to come up when you talk about the next head coaching hire, if that so comes to fruition in the next two years. But it's absolutely something to note is that this route is not always a slam dunk and that although Capel has had his strengths, he's had certainly many pitfalls here as well. And the Coach K tree itself is not quite – as fruitful as one may think. All right, folks, we're going to continue to talk a little bit about this and more about Pitt men's basketball. But first, I want to let you know about Built Bar because, folks, it's that time of year as we go into March. The New Year's resolutions might be falling off a little bit, but trust me, you do not have to slack on those. You can stick to your resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because they don't feel like a chore. Have you tried Built Bar's Puffs? Because if you haven't, you're missing out on one of the best Built Bars they have. Puffs are the first protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. And that's the catch about all Bilt Bars. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, but you get all of the benefits of a protein bar. Low in sugar, low in calories, low in carbs, high in protein. It tastes just as good as a candy bar, but is as healthy as a regular protein bar. And folks, here's all you have to do. Go to Bilt.com. Use the promo code LOCK15, and it's the promo code LOCK15. They get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. As we are continuing to talk here about pit men's basketball and obviously i am in indianapolis to cover the combine and we'll talk to guys like kenny pickett tomorrow and later in the week damari mathis and cal adamitis and we'll see their testing numbers and obviously it will be significant for a guy like kenny pickett with the hand measurement but pit men's basketball is certainly the center stage of tonight even with the spring practice kicking up and the combine really kicking into full gear in, in general here, I think that, you know, talking about Coach K's resume and how great he's been in his relationship with Jeff Capel going back almost three decades now to when he was a point guard at Duke and they had such a fruitful relationship, it did feel like justice in that regard. And we, we talked about that with JJ yesterday here on Locked on Pit with the crossover. Really, this was one that felt right for Jeff Capel and for Coach K. They gave him a fitting tribute. They gave him very much a perfect send-off. It felt good. It looked good. Those two are close. And then Coach K gets another game at home in Cameron Indoor Stadium to send him off against North Carolina. Not much better send-offs you can have your last road game being against one of your 
closest disciples in Jeff Capel. And then you get home against, obviously, one of the most storied rivalries in college basketball against UNC. Coach K will get that send-off. He'll obviously get the ACC tournament and the tournament here. Duke could potentially look at a one seed if they continue to go up. But Pitt here, I just want to go a little bit more to a little bit more of a micro level. And I think we can continue to talk about this team just a little bit and kind of how things are unfolding. Because in this game, it wasn't a game where Pitt played terribly. Yeah, some guys had off nights, but Pitt didn't do terrible. They don't turn the ball over 13 times. Maybe that's a little bit higher than you want it, but it's not terrible. They didn't shoot the three ball well, but again, that this team's not going to be a three-point shooting team. It never will be. But what you can look at is just the fact they're not close. And I think, you know, some people will think they are. It should be more apparent than ever. This team has a lot of work to do. And granted, Jeff Capel has had some success through the portal. He's found guys like Mogi. He's found guys like Jamari's Bird, like Nike Sabandi, like Ethel Horton. Quality transfers are out there. But it's not easy to get three quality transfers in the same class. Now, maybe it happens. And maybe, you know, you need – you obviously need a power forward to replace Gee. You need a point guard to finally slow this thing down, create tempo, create moving offense. I think that's something, you know – we talked about things offensively here, but Pitt never actually creates moving offense at a high level. They do in spurts against UNC. There were some really beautiful moments of that between Odo Cali and Morton. And you looked and you saw a little bit of flash there. But you can look at a team like Duke and the way they move and the way they attack space and the way they create space. And Pitt obviously needs more talent, and they need more uh, weapons to create stuff like that. And they're never going to have Duke's weapons. Duke has it easy. They, they have, they're going to have multiple NBA players on this team. They're a contender for the national title. And obviously, they're going to be more athletic. They're going to be longer. They're going to give you trouble on the perimeter. Pitt tried hard defensively, and it's going to be an issue regardless. But Pitt, it, there, there are certain things you can at least look at in a successful basketball program. And if you want to get to, say, an NIT or a bubble team somewhere around there, point guard to, to really slow things down. I think looking at someone like Charlie Moore from Miami, that's kind of a blueprint you can follow. Get some guy like that that can maybe score a little bit. He's quick, but he's, he's a quarterback-type point guard that can slow things down, that can really be the sergeant of an offense. Jamaris Burton is that – prototypical combo guard that can sometimes be a ball handler. He's probably not your primary ball handler. You, you wish he was your secondary, but you need that point guard. You need that pure point guard, but it's going to be tough trying to get a point guard here. They have four good guards, assuming all of them are back again. That's an assumption you don't necessarily want to make, but it's one that they will have to address, and we'll see if Jeff Capel can get a point guard here. I think it's one of the biggest needs, if not the biggest need, aside from power forward this offseason. I think they need a point guard, and they need someone that can slow that tempo down, that can change pace, that can change the rhythm of a game. 
that can play with different tempos and, and give Pitt a little bit more diversity offensively and, and better ball movement and cultivate some offense here. Now, they also need shooting, and that's that's one that's tough because you're losing a very special power forward in terms of skill set and Mogee. There's not a lot of Mogis out there. There's not a lot of guys that can shot block like he does and also shoot the three like he does. He's not a guy that's going to bang down low, of course, but also he doesn't need to. He doesn't need to post up in the post. He doesn't. That's that's John Hughley. John Hughley's the guy that's going to attack on the low block. And you know, but what Mogi brings is pretty special in terms of his gravity, his ability to neutralize areas on the court defensively. It's going to take a lot to replace him. Probably two players. Now you can get a power forward there that brings the shot blocking presence and maybe some of that offensive presence down low, maybe even a little bit more down low. But you also probably, I, I think this is the third thing, if they can get three guys, and I think three scholarships will open up. You know, they only have one right now. That's 100% going to happen in Mogi leaving. We'll see if Onyeze Kudo leaves. We'll see other transfers. I think they'll open up three, though. At the very least, very possible they get more than that. But I think they're going to get at least three open. And the third guy that I think I would go after is a 3 and D wing. I think they need, need a guy. That can be a three and D type wing, a guy that can be an Audis Tony type player, right? A guy that can get you strong defensive minutes on the perimeter and could shoot the three a little bit when needed. You know, Audis Tony's not a great three point shooter; shoots about thirty six percent from three. That's not elite by any means, but it's competent, and he's certainly a threat to shoot that three. And so, you need a guy like that on this team. You need a guy that can work two through four as that wing, as a more consistent three-point shooter. And they might have that on roster to a degree if Femi Odecali's three-point shot can continue to improve. And he can – I don't know if I'm ever going to put Odecali at four, but he can be that type of wing-guard hybrid. He can be a wing with some guard skills. He can have that to a degree. But I think a 3-and-D wing giving this team a little bit more option, giving him a little bit more spacing, making sure that the only shooter on the team is not Ithiel Horton. Is, not, is going to be important. And you still have some shooters, you know, Jamari's Burton's shown a somewhat consistent three-point shot as things are growing. Nike Savandi can shoot the three. But you need a guy that can legitimately space the floor out a little bit. And I think a wing like that is just the missing piece. What they thought maybe Will Jefferson was going to be that guy hasn't turned out to be that guy at all. All right, folks, we're going to switch over now a little bit to pit football and some Interesting tidbits that I think are coming out that I, I do want to talk about. But first, let me let you know about Run Your Pool because March Madness is only a few weeks away. And that means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going for the usual or are you looking for the best? We've done our homework here and we're running brackets with RunYourPool.com. Along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor or Pick X. They have options to edit scoring, and they offer more intel to make your picks. All the stuff you won't find on ESPN or CBS. If you've got a business, Run Your Pool can help you take some of that mad magic and play alongside your employees or even gain customers. Clearly, we believe in Run Your Pool because, like I said, we're running our own brackets there ourselves. There's no truer test than that, and if you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize, join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. Again, that's runyourpool.com slash locked on. 
And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family. Enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing and beating you there. Folks, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to store all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto, and why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy to use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com talk here a little bit on the locked on pit podcast and this is one that you know spring ball we talked a little bit about it in terms of the linebacker room and I think that was the biggest question coming into this game this spring this this stretch the linebacker rotation obviously we have now confirmation buddy max gonna be moving down and I thought that was maybe one of the biggest questions that we've had answered I feel like there was someone that had to move from whether it was safety, defensive end, there was really no natural defensive ends, though, on the roster when you looked of who would move. And so it had to come from somewhere. And safety made the most sense. Pitt's done it in the past with success. Obviously, Phil Campbell is going to be the biggest one. But John Patrician is a former safety move to linebacker as well. It's been an avenue that's worked for them. Buddy Mack's going to be the guy that's going to do that. Now, he's up to 200 pounds, and he's going to play the star. And we'll see if he can get playing time, but six foot two hundred is a little bit light to play at the start, even even though you're in coverage a lot more. He's a guy that has to bulk up probably around two twenty, and I think that would really help open things up more in terms of his playing time options. You can have a ton of guys that are going to be vying for playing time there. You're going to have Bengali Kamara, you're going to have Solomon DeShields, you're going to have Aiden Henningham. Marquand Pope, Kyle Lewis, there's going to be different guys that are going to work in money and star. They're going to try and fight for those spots. Obviously, Shane Simon's going to be playing at the money, as said by Pat Narduzzi. So he's going to be there. And, and so now you have a competition between him and Bengali Kamara, although Kamara's been viewed as a star linebacker, which is something to note as well if he starts there. Star's probably the biggest question on the entire roster right now. And so I think Buddy Mack moving there, it's not a fix-all, but it's a guy that still has a lot years, a lot of years of eligibility. I think he has four still left on his deal. And Buddy Mack has showcased the ability to be physical. He's been fearless. He's been a quality special teamer. He's the type of guy that you want to move there. He's the type of guy that makes sense. A good tackler, a guy that has the right mentality 
to play that position. And so I, I find that one to be very, very helpful. And I also find that to be somewhat important. It wouldn't surprise me at all if Buddy Mack plays a significant role there in coming years. Again, I don't think it's going to be this year just because he's got to transition there. He's got to get in the weight room. He's got to be a different type of player and a different type of body type. There's got to be a lot of difference there between that and what Buddy Mack brings. But also when you look at that defense, you also see guys that look different in terms of their frame. Eric Howell looks much more he looks stronger. And what that's important for him because part of the reason he wasn't able to completely make those tackles last year, yes, some of it was, you know, nipping at the ankles. It was not playing at a high level in terms of his angles. This is a guy that got caught having his eyes in the backfield at times. But strength was one of those things. And, and sometimes you feel like as a free safety, maybe you don't need to tackle as much. Your, your job is more in coverage. And as important as that is, you need to tackle. You're that last line of defense. And how it got better at it as the year went on. But still, adding that strength, adding that that different type of frame, that little bit more ability to bring those guys down, it can save you a lot. You'd be surprised how much a little bit of added strength in the weight room helps you transform your playing style. It's important. It's the biggest thing you need when you're putting in that overview of the entire tackling type of department. Technique is one. Strength is another because these guys are grown men, and especially when you're facing teams like Miami with these athletes, you need it. And so the defense right now, there's a few really cool things. I think that, you know, Buddy Mack moving there, I think Hallett's frame looking a little different. It's important Rashad Battles kicked back out the cornerback, which makes sense. You know, really wasn't content at safety last year. Didn't feel like he got the ideals there. He's long. He's big. He's explosive. He's a type of, of guy that probably should have been playing outside the whole time. And I know they were needy at that safety spot and they need a backup, but now that they feel good about a guy like P.J. O'Brien, I think that you can work a guy like Rashad Battle back to the natural position, which is outside corner. And so these are just a few things on defense that I think are natural developments that make a lot of sense and, and are going to help Pitt moving forward. All right, folks, thanks for listening. Tomorrow we'll talk a little bit about Kenny Pickett, of course, from Combine. He will speak tomorrow, so we'll address that. We'll address more things as well here. Pitt women's basketball will play their ACC tournament game, so we'll talk a little bit about that as well. Folks, as always, thanks for listening, and as always, hail to Pitt.